To another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Lunt. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Also from this side of the table, this is Jake Trowbridge. How you doing tonight? So damn good. I'm doing better. We're one day closer to the weekend, so I'm very happy about that. Yeah, one day closer to the weekend, one day closer to real football. We are. Training camps are alive and well. My phone has just been blowing up from sleeper all day long Ooh. with all like the, the camp news, the training camp news. Oh, there's so much oh, training camp it's news. It's so great. I am so happy for that right now. It just, ugh. After this desert that we've been wandering for the last three or four weeks of just no news whatsoever, now it's oh. opening the floodgates. The cacti are being watered with sometimes good, sometimes pretty bad news coming out of training camp. Yes. It's uh, good stuff. Yeah, not good on your first day when you lose players to season-ending injuries. Yes, that's unfortunate. Sorry, Falcons. That's yeah. pretty brutal. I mean, maybe good for fantasy purposes if their defense is beat up again this year that, you know, the offense has to produce again. So fire up your Calvin Ridley shares, yeah, that's people. That's right. That's right. All right. So today we're finishing off, finally. It, it oh. feels like it's been forever, but oh. it obviously hasn't. No, it uh, has. <laughs> finally finishing off our divisional breakdown uh with the afc west today we're finishing on a high note we are can we say that yes finishing on a very high note for the most part very good fantasy assets um all around so yeah it should be good like you said good way to uh close it out here but first what are we drinking tonight oh we are taking a little trip to packerland we're going to green bay uh we have a hinterland cosmic kolsch should be Light and airy and everything that we love about summer. Uh, nothing like a good Kolsch during the summer, I have to say. Would you say that you're crazy for Kolsch? I wouldn't say I'm crazy for Kolsch. Cuckoo for Kolsch? No, I just like a good Kolsch okay. during the summer. That's well, not It's a good refreshing fun. beer. It's just, it's, I, I know, but let me have fun with alliteration, well, Dustin. You can be cuckoo for Kolsch. How about that? I am cosmically delighted All right. by this beer. Um, I will say, you you know, your mark is like, if you can look through it, mm-hmm. kind of, I can definitely see your face as I look through the glass. I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, I don't know. Kolsch's aren't supposed to be super hazy, so. A little sweetness. Mm-hmm. I like a sweet beer. I don't know how much you like the, the sugary zing, but it's good. Yeah, not too bad. Uh my throat is a little raw here today. I was talking on the phone a lot today at work. So this, oh, it just coats it going right down. Mm-hmm. It's so smooth against so, the vocal cords. fun fact. Yeah. On the can here, it says Kolsch style ale. You know why it says that? No. Because anything that's not brewed in um, the Kolsch style, that's not brewed in Germany, cannot be called a Kolsch. It has to be called called a Kolsch style. Yes, yes. It's oh my kinda, god, that's like a fruit juice like cocktail. Yeah, well, it's like not champagne really that's not bottled and, and grown in the Champagne region of France. Oh, that's why we have goodness. sparkling sparkling wine instead of champagne. 
I think part of my brain yeah. is dripping out of my ear yeah. because so, it just fun, exploded. Fun facts for everybody today. The more you know. Dun, ah. dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. Uh, let's talk about what else we want to know. We want to know about drunk trades. Yes. Drunk, drunk trade. trades of the week. Banana, banana. That could be a thing. I think that's a little cl- too close to like ESPN. It probably. is. Yeah. They wouldn't. They wouldn't enjoy that? They would not enjoy that. We'd get shut down so fast. <laughs> All right. Something special about the drunk trade this week. Mm-hmm. I was talking with a league mate after we just uh, committed another trade. And a couple of days after the fact, he enlightened me that he was drunk at the time of making the trade. Now, that's not the trade I'm going to talk about. But I told him, hey, man, we've got a section on our podcast exclusively for drunk trades. Let's talk this through. He said, great. But I have a suggestion. Talk about this other trade that we made two months ago. Even better. That I was also <laughs> drunk during. That will absolutely live up to the name. So, per his request, Collusionists, part two. This one's for you, my friend. All right. I'm not going to tell you, the listener, which side is which. The person sitting across from me already knows this. Yes, I can see this. One side gave away the 2019 107, a 2023, a 2024th. Geronimo Allison, Corey Grant, and a couple of other low-end things that I didn't deem to include. The other side got Andy Dalton and Colt McCoy. A couple of things about this league. It is a super flex league. Okay. It is a quarter of a point per carry league. Okay. But that's it. So what Ouch. do we think? What do we think here? How I drunk? Mean, it was pretty drunk. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to pull any punches here. I was pretty drunk. Who was drunk? Which side was drunk? The collusionist was drunk. <laughs> the Give 107, away. third, yeah. fourth, and Geronimo, whose yes. stock is now boo, through the roof. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll admit, I felt good after this trade. I, I was the one shoving Andy Dalton and Colt McCoy off my I squad. Mean, to be fair, I mean, I'm not, I don't play in any super flex, quarterback super flex leagues right now. Sure. But um, I feel like Andy Dalton would be a decent number two quarterback for your um, for your team. He'd be a reasonable number. He's two. a good solid like floor. Yeah. He's not going to win you weeks, but to give up that much for him, I just don't see that at all. I think that is just awful, awful. This happened. I will tell you, this happened almost immediately um, before it was the signing of Case Keenum to Washington. This is right before the signing uh, happened. And obviously right before the draft when when Haskins went there. So he was really hoping McCoy would end up starting a few games. Looking like a long shot yes. at this point. Yeah, so that's one of the more lopsided ones we've had so far. <laughs> uh, I I mean, good on you. I mean, that I would have pulled the trigger and smashed except right away. But, but he needed a quarterback. That's he got right. a quarterback. Just he knows he overpaid. It took him a long time to pull the bandit off and want to actually trade again. Which I don't blame him. I would be doing the same thing after that. But hey, fuck it, man. You got your guy. That's right. You got your guy. It's all that matters in the end. So, that was fun. Mm-hmm. I hope that I can be a part of more of those. So, now that we finished our drunk trade, review of last year's records. Yeah. All review right. time. So, we had the Chiefs at 12-4, and four, Chargers 12-4. and four. Broncos six and ten, and the Raiders rounding out the division with four and twelve. All right, they were there because they had to be. That's right, and it showed. Someone's got to be last, and it was them. It was them. They took that message to heart. 
That's so right. way to go, Dustin. Yeah. Can I just point out that it's weird? I didn't realize that the Chargers finished twelve and four. Mm-hmm. When I, that looked like such an error that I had to go double check it, and it's correct. It's a thing. Yeah, absolutely, I it's correct. Believe. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to question your integrity <laughs> of compiling the spreadsheet, but it did seem a bit odd. Yeah. So, All right. so Broncos. Yeah, let's start with the Broncos. So uh, we will start with the depth chart, which I've got right here. All right, so quarterbacks, Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, rookie. Running backs, we have Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Devontae Booker. Wide receivers, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Emmanuel Sanders, Tim Patrick, Juwan Winfrey. And tight ends, we've got Noah Fant, Jake Butt, Jeff Hyerman, and Troy Fumagalli. Wisconsin grown Troy That's right. That's right. So, do you want to start us off here? Regression candidates? I will. All right. Uh, (laughs) It's my least favorite thing to do, but I'm going to do it. My regression candidate just feels right, just feels obvious. I don't know how some people are still not seeing this as obvious, but it's Emmanuel Sanders. He is a 32-year-old wide receiver coming off of an Achilles injury. Yikes. Major fade. Mm -hmm. I I don't understand. There is almost more concern. Actually, not almost. There's a lot more concern about Darius Geis coming off of his Achilles injury, who is like 21, 22 Mm -hmm. years old. But they're like, oh, yeah, no, this guy who's got a decade extra on his heels. Yeah, he's fine. Mm -hmm. We'll play him. I mean, to be honest, he is running in a straight line very well with no pads on and against no defense. That's true. I mean, why... I mean, I'm high on him for that reason. I'm actually surprised he's not in the third round because of those videos. Just uh, to be clear up, I am not high on him at all. I agree with you 100% on this. You wanted to make sure that the sarcasm yes. track. Yes. For yeah, our yeah. That's very kind of you. Sometimes I'm not sure how my sarcasm comes across, so. <laughs> I think it was pitch perfect in nice. that moment right. after the explanation. Okay, good. So, who is your regression candidate? Mine is Philip Lindsay. So, here's why I got a whole myriad of reasons. So, he was an undrafted rookie. You know, could he be just a flash in the pan? Possibly. He's coming off a broken wrist. Uh, I don't think he's cleared for contact yet 100% here with training camp opening. I could be mistaken, but, you know, I know it's trending in the right direction. It's been, you know, however many months. I mean, it happened very late in the season. So, I know that doesn't necessarily affect um, how you play. You know, it's not like a torn ACL or hamstring or, or something like that. You know, it doesn't affect the running ability. So uh, really not the biggest concern, but it's more of a fact that, you know, he was missing uh, time in OTAs. Royce Freeman was getting um, snaps with the first team. There's a new coaching staff in town. Uh, they're not necessarily married to him. Royce Freeman, I haven't seen a ring. They didn't yeah, put a ring on it. No. Royce Freeman, uh, rookie last year, third round draft capital. He's going to get his chance. You don't draft a running back in the third round. You know, Royce Freeman came in last year a little injured. Obviously, Philip Lindsay had a huge season. So you ride the hot hand. And news coming out of uh, camp so far is that it will be a split backfield. So with, for all those reasons whatsoever, that's why I'm fading Philip Lindsay. And he's going to be my regression candidate. I think you're going to draft him. You know, in the second round, maybe early third, you're going to be sorely disappointed. 
that he drafted him there. Sorely disappointed. Sorely. Like, you just got done taking your pants off and running backwards through a cornfield. That's that right. That kind of disappointment. That kind of disappointment That kind of pain. soreness. Well, I'll keep that thread rolling here because right. my up-and-comer just happens to be his backfield mate, Royce Freeman. Nice. I like it. There were expectations for Royce last year because of his draft capital. He didn't seem to pick up the offense super quick. Lindsey bolted ahead of him. Um, it was tough for him to catch up. It, it was not what a lot of people wanted to see, who drafted Freeman, certainly. But there is higher hopes for him this year. Talking about the reports out of camp, uh, I've, I've heard the coaching staff compare these two gentlemen to Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman in their time in Atlanta. So if that gives you any indication of how they might use these guys, that could be huge. Um, Tevin Coleman was even while uh, Devontae Freeman was healthy, was a very usable running back. He kind of flew under the radar because he was not a weak winner, but he was very steady. Um, and that's the kind of production that I could imagine from Freeman right away, if this is true. Well, absolutely. I'm 100% with you. In his limited action last year, he had 521 yards and five rushing touchdowns. Those touchdowns are so tasty. So, I mean, he, he had a fairly productive season for not getting a lot of playing time. So, Here's, I mean, I, I am all over Royce Freeman. I'm trying to pick him up wherever I can. He's going to be a later round running back grab for me in redraft this year. Uh, I think he's going to be a great value wherever you pick him up. Assuming that he doesn't, you know, his ADP doesn't rise drastically here in the preseason and through training camp. But if he's, his value stays depressed where it is now, I am all about him. So here's my question. Philip Lindsay's ADP has taken a slight dip, and I think it's mostly due to the risk concern. Mm-hmm. So he can be had at the 408, according to Fane's football calculator. 408 for Lindsay or 808 for Freeman. Give me the 808 with Freeman. Absolutely. Easy. It's not a question. No. There's, there's not the same kind of value in that round. Close to that same value no. in the eighth as you can get in the fourth. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Freeman all day. So you're up and comer. So I have um, the duo uh, rookies from last year, uh, Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton. So Cortland Sutton, second round pick, very high draft capital. Deshaun was a fourth round pick, pretty good draft capital as well. Uh, You know, they were both rookies last year, as I said. You know, I don't think Denver expected them to get as much playing time as they did. They probably expected to bring them on a little bit more slowly with Emmanuel Sanders and Demaryius Thomas in town. Obviously, they traded away Thomas, so, you know, Cortland had to step into that role. Uh, then Emmanuel Sanders blew out his Achilles, so then Deshaun had to get more playing time. You know, first year, you know, the rookies, they usually struggle. You don't normally see great production, typically out of rookie wide receivers. You know, and Cortland Sutton, he finished 50th last year overall, which, yeah, isn't great. But he only started nine games. So had he started all 16 you know, maybe he would have been better. And let's be honest, their quarterback situation was not very good either. Gasp. Gasp, indeed. So that's why I have them as my up-and-comers. I know, um, you know, to kind of to parlay this into my question mark, um, I have Joe Flacco as my question mark. I get he's probably not the greatest upgrade at quarterback, but he has at least been successful in the past. 
Well, can I tell you something that will only help your argument here? Yeah, please do. Um, people give Joe Flacco a lot of crap. Rightfully so, because as a fantasy quarterback and often as a real-life quarterback, he's not great. Yes. But he is capable of sustaining some pretty great assets when yes. it comes to wide receivers. Let me just give you what the full-season paces were for his wide receivers last year in Baltimore mm -hmm. before he was unceremoniously shelved. Um, if he had played all these games, their full-season pace for these receivers looks like this. John Brown, wide receiver 20. Michael Crabtree, wide receiver 32. Willie Sneed, wide receiver 34. Three top 36 wide receivers. Yeah, that's good. From Actually, Joe Flacco. That, that, that's good. I know that's it's not solid. sexy, but... Yeah, again, it's not a domination. three fantasy viable wide receivers. That's, that's you can't incredible. can't ask for anything more. All with very different playing styles. Yes. And again, so it's, it's like whoever you have there in Denver, they're probably going to be okay. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll finish off why I think... Flacco was my question mark. Yeah. It's like I'm watching Groundhog's Day. They they brought Flacco in, but then they drafted the rookie this year. Is there going to be a repeat situation where he starts a handful of games and then the rookie, you know, gets thrown in to see what he can do? You know, are, is, is Denver going to be competitive enough where... You know they'll they'll feel like okay we're we're the playoff hunt you know we're winning games we don't need to throw you know lock in or are they just gonna be a dumpster fire and they're gonna be like well let's just throw the rookie in there see what the hell happens get him some playing experience so um, that's why it's my question mark because it's just like I just it, it's a it's a weird deja vu situation happening again I think it's somewhere in between and can I first of all just say I was terrified for a second you were going to compare Joe Flacco to Bill Murray no, and then we would have had to stop being no. friends for life and it would have been tragic it would have been fully no. tragic so I'm glad that you didn't go that route I think the truth is somewhere in between I don't think it's going to be a complete shit show like it was in Baltimore with Flacco um, but yeah I, I don't think he finishes the season so who do you got it's the tight end sensation out of Iowa. One of the tight end sensations out of Iowa. Noah Fant. Rookie tight ends are notoriously hard to predict. And typically they do not bust out in their first year. It's just that Joe Flacco relies on tight ends so much. And mm. those numbers that are listed before with his wide receivers are incredible because he throws to the tight end so damn much. Absolutely he does. So it just shows you how much that dude really does throw the ball. But will Fant be involved enough right away? He is. He was sized up as more of a receiving mm -hmm. tight end. Yeah, blocking is not his end. forte. Now will the blocking keep him off the field? Um, I don't know. That's always really hard. I've never found a concrete stat that supports that. No. One way or the other. And again, it's hard to know with a uh, new offensive scheme this year, new coaching staff. You know, it's not like you can look back the last year and say, oh, yeah, well, the, you know, this is how they schemed it. And, you know, one of their eight wide, uh, tight ends, you know, because I hate to jinx it. Their tight ends all get injured lately. Oh, yeah. So. I uh, hope hopefully he breaks that curse. Well, and that's the thing. There's been like, a lot of high hopes for Denver tight ends over the last three, four years, yeah. and we've all just been let down because of injuries. So, which is a good thing in his favor. I mean, you look at who else is there, and it's just there's nobody there. It's Jake Butt is hurt perpetually. Mm -hmm. um, Jeff Hireman dealt with his own shit last mm -hmm. year, and it's not as if he's this world beating tight end. No. So his competition is not huge. No, I agree. But <laughs> he's also a rookie, so it's yes. tough. it's tough. 
right. All right. Move on to the Chargers. Yes. Uh, quick duck check. Check. We've got uh, quarterbacks: Philip Rivers, Tyrod Taylor. Running backs: We have Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, Tremaine Pope, and Derek Watt. I know he's their fullback, but you just gotta, wanted to say I, Watt's name. Say the Watt name, yeah. So that's okay. right. Wisconsin. Wide receivers: We've got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin, Dylan Cantrell, Jeremy Davis, Artavis Scott, and tight ends: Hunter Henry. Virgil Green and Sean Culkin. Is he one of the Culkins? He could be. I don't know. Let's pretend he is. Okay. Just for funsies. Okay, perfect. I hope I hope he's actually Macaulay's uh stunt double and that he was featured in the Home Alone series at some point. Absolutely. I want to live on with that in my head for Which Home Alone, the first one. Either. Either. And I say either because any the after the second count. do yeah. not count. Absolutely. There was like 18 after that. And they're all bullshit. So either of the first two, I don't care. I'm fine. All right. Regression. regression. Yes. Speaking of regression, Macaulay Culkin. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's a great, great segue. segue. Okay. So who do you have leading off our regression candidates? I've got Philip Rivers. And did he give a vasectomy? What happened? No, he okay. didn't. All right. He's got to keep playing football. You know, really, he's still going to be fine, but he's. I just, I just see the start of the decline here. I, I, and it's just, I don't have any stats to back this up. I don't have any real data. You feel it in your it's, genitals. I is do. That what it is? I do. Okay. I get a tingly feeling, not in a good way. <laughs> and I just feel like this is going to be the year where he starts to decline. Whether you know. I, I just don't know. I know I know we're we're projecting great things for all the receiving options there, uh, but he he he's always low level consistent. Never does anything super flashy, you know. Never wins you weeks anymore. He's perpetual QB eleven. That's just all he is. He's never better, but he's rarely worse. I don't even think he's going to get there this year. Wow. So sad days. Uh, yeah, I wish I had you know something better to back this up with, but I just. I don't know. It's just a feeling. Let's put it that way. You hear? You heard it, folks. It's a it's a testy feeling. That's right. That is leading the way on Philip Rivers. I can't say that I'm fully on board with that as a Philip Rivers owner and uh, dynasty league. But uh, I mean, everybody has to go sometime. We've been predict- predicting it. I've been predicting it for Tom Brady for years now. Um, Philip Rivers' diet is pretty much the exact opposite of Tom mm-hmm. Brady's. I would assume it's just all like uncooked meats he's got to keep his energy up jerkies i bet a lot of jerkies a lot of uh skittles type candies you know those saw the chewable candies mm-hmm. not even like snickers he doesn't go snickers he's all like starburst skittles he seems like that kind of guy all right is that hard-hitting analysis i think it is that's better than what i had good all right uh um, <laughs> what do you got i have austin eckler all right hold on hold on asterisk if Melvin Gordon doesn't start and he does, in fact, hold out, great. Fire up your Austin Eckler. But as I assume will happen, and there's already whispers that there is contract negotiations happening. They've already sent out some offers to him. He'll be there. He'll show up. If he starts, you may miss a game, sure. Mm-hmm. But if he plays most of the season, Austin Eckler had a very unsustainable rate. For, for catches mm-hmm. and for yards per reception. It was anomalous 
You don't see that happen. Justin Jackson was a rookie last year. Justin Jackson can catch the ball. He can get involved. Um, I imagine the two of them will fight for more carries and more splits here if Gordon is available. I agree. Look at that. Yeah, I agree 100%. Austin Eckler is what he is. He's going to be that. He's not meant to be a feature back getting the 20 touches a game or 25 touches a game. He's just not built for that. He's a good change of pace, you know, RB2 in, in an offense RB2. I'm not saying fantasy football RB2. Mm-hmm. You know, that good RB2. Yeah, he can step in maybe for a week or two and, and get the job done. But long term, that's not what how he's built and that's not his game. That's more of Justin Jackson's game. Yeah, so. I see him as a slightly better Theo Riddick, really. Yes. That's what I predict. Yes. That, but. Still fine. Yeah, absolutely. He might be okay. Have some fantasy value. Could be a good flex play, but yeah. just not someone you want to rely on week in and week out. Don't take him round five. No. <laughs> All right. We both share in our up-and-coming player. It's a special sign of unity here. Yes. Do you want, do you want to say it? Do you, you want me you, to say you, it? You do the honors. No, you say it. All no, right. you say it. All right. Hunter no, Henry. No, I'm going to say it. It's Hunter Henry. It's Hunter, it's Hunter Henry. Henry. All right. Uh, so why are you so uh, high on him? Why is he your up-and-coming player? It just makes sense from the Chargers' perspective that if you were riding the ghost of Antonio Gates last year, who was brought in off the streets, reluctantly called back into duty because Hunter Henry went down for injury, and you made him even an occasional fantasy-relevant tight end. It would make sense that Hunter Henry can pick up where he left off the previous year, which was pretty goddamn good. Mm-hmm. Um, his 2016-2017 averages in the red zone were dynamite. Um, he had eight receptions, 5.5 touchdowns. He had uh, almost a 20% target share in the red zone. I know Mike Williams is high on people's lists, and he might leech into some of that, and that's fine. I don't think so, though. I think Hunter no? Henry is going to become that red zone target. That's They were missing that last year, and by default, Mike Williams was given that opportunity. And obviously, he performed very well in it, oh, yeah. You know, was a monster in the red zone. But now that they have another option with Hunter Henry, I think he's going to eat up some of those red zone targets. And I think they back off of Melvin Gordon if he shows up. Uh, I think they back off some of that work to him because you do have to keep that guy Mm -hmm. fresh. Mm -hmm. You have to figure out a way to keep him from injuring himself again. And Mm -hmm. I think Hunter Henry will be the answer to that. Absolutely. So everybody was super high on him last year before he got hurt. People back off because the injury is concerning. It's an ACL. Uh, He played the last game of last year. Yes, That's how ready he the was. Absolutely. So, yeah, he didn't record a catch. I think he was targeted once or something. But he played. You don't do that with that guy if you're really concerned about his injury. So, I'm not worried about his injury at all. Same here. Same here. Look at us. And I really don't have much to add. You hit everything I was going to talk about with him. I hit all the buttons. You did. I, yeah. I hit that Street Fighter 2 combo where it was just like, up, down, up, down, target. Blah, 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 AB. I don't know what the fucking buttons were for Street Fighter. It was a, It's not a PlayStation console. I don't know. So, but, yeah, right there. All right. Question mark. Yeah. You want to lead us off with this one? I guess. All right, go for it. It's Mike Williams. 
it's Mike Williams. I don't know what else to say. I, I've hit this nail over and over over the over the summer here, but people are expecting giant things from Mike Williams, and it just feeds into what we said about Hunter Henry. He wasn't mm-hmm. there. They didn't have a quality tight end there last year. People want to point to Tyrell Williams being gone. The Chargers offense historically does not have successful wide receiver twos. At least not the way the fantasy players want them to be. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't happen. Travis Benjamin, the year prior, was neck and neck for the number two spot. Every time, every year, the wide receiver three is barely below the wide receiver two in terms of targets, in terms of receptions, in terms of red zone. It happens consistently, but people want to believe that Mike Williams will break that mold because high draft capital, physical stud, I get all that. I'm still pretty nervous. I'm pretty nervous with Keenan Allen there. Yeah, obviously, if Allen goes down with injury or something, great. I'm all sold at him. But presence of Hunter Henry and just the historical trends of that offense, I don't like he. It's concerning. He might mm-hmm. do good things, but I don't know. I don't know. So, okay. Why don't we transition into your guy? I, yeah. I, I've tired of talking about Mike Williams. All right. My regression candidate for the Chargers is Melvin Gordon. I think for obvious reasons. As we kind of name eight. <laughs> as we, you know, already talked about a little bit, you know, is he gonna hold out? I think that's the big question. Is he gonna miss time? You know, he can hold out until week ten, I believe it is, and still get a full year's credit to um to his um years of service. So he can um, still years of service sounds so formal. I know, but that's what they call it. Okay. You know, I'm concerned about his injury history. 2015, he played 14 games. 2016, he played 13 games. 2017, played all 16. But then last year, only played 12. So, and struggled through a couple of those yeah, games. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's not the most durable. When he's on the field and he's healthy, he's electric. Um, you know, great, you know, pass catching ability. Um, I just, I think he's going to lose some of that, though. Again, with Hunter Henry coming back, it's another receiving option. Again, by default, I think they had to throw to him a little bit more. You know, he'll still get a decent amount of catches, but it's not going to be anywhere near what we saw last year. So, for all these reasons, that's why he's my regression candidate. I mean, he'll still be a top 10 running back or RB1 for the season. Still a safe pick. He's a questionable RB1. Yeah. I mean, it just drops him down a peg. That's fair. Some people need to be taken down a peg or two. Yeah. I, I mean, not him because I love Melvin Gordon. But. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, move on to Oakland. Let's do it. Oaktown. Is that what they call it? Yes. That's soon, what the kids call it. Soon to be V-Town? LV Town? Oh, I don't know. That made, that made me squirm. You're saying, <laughs> I, I don't, don't ever say V-Town. <laughs> I don't know. What are, what are we going to call them? <laughs> I don't know. Anything but that. Anything but that. All right. <laughs> just, just, just call them the Raiders. All right. They'll be the Raiders. <laughs> So we've got for quarterbacks, Derek Carr and Mike Glennon. Running backs, Josh Jacobs, Jalen Richard, Doug Martin, mm-hmm. Chris Warren, DeAndre Washington. Wide receivers, newly signed Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams. Ryan Grant, Hunter Renfro, J.J. Nelson, a couple other guys. And then tight ends, we've got Darren Waller, Luke Wilson, 
Foster Moreau and Derek Carrier. So that's he looks a, like a prime candidate for last place again. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We're we're gonna talk about it right now because yes. we both let we, off we with, share regression candidate with this unfortunate uh, viewpoint on one of their big name signings or mm-hmm. their only big name signings. Yes. Antonio Brown. Yes, Antonio Brown. You want to tell us about why you see regression in AB's future here? Yes. The big reason for me is that he's going from one of the most high-powered, dynamic offenses in the league. You know, um, Ben Roethlisberger, he threw like 667 passes or something last year. Ridiculous amount. I don't know if it was that much, but it was a lot. It was a lot. Compared to... I bet you I'm damn close with that stat. Do you think? I'm going to look it up right now, and I'm going to tell you how wrong you are. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready for it. You tell me how wrong I am. (laughs) Tell me. Tell me. Okay, let me. Jesus, man. 675. Yeah. You're such an idiot. You're off by two. Two, Justin. So I was off by Oh, you're off by even more. You just helped my argument. You're so dumb sometimes. There's no way you threw that many times. You couldn't even get within five. (laughs) Anyway. It was a lot. It was a lot. So anyway, he's going from a super high-powered offense to the Raiders, which I think it's safe to say they are not a high-powered offense. (laughs) They weren't. With the additions this year with with Antonio Brown, Tyrell Mm -hmm. Williams, Josh Jacobs... Will they be better than they were last year? I believe so. You know, he's still going to get his targets. He's going to get his. He's going to get targeted, but is it going to be as efficient of a targets as Ben Roethlisberger? Is Derek Carr no. that efficient? Can no. he throw that deep ball? No. So that's why <laughs> he's my regression candidate. And, and let's be honest, he had just one hell of a great season last year. I mean, every year. But yes, last year especially, Lev Bell, I don't know if that affected it really. Probably right. I mean, and, I think that affected some of their pass And I really, the big regression I see is in the touchdowns. He had 15 touchdowns last year receiving. Yep. Bonkers. I mean, I just don't see that happening with Derek Carr. I'm sorry. I find it hard to believe that he'll notch 10. I think that would be a feat this year. Um, and it's, it's nothing against him as a talent. It's, no, it's he's so talented. Not. It's just Derek Carr doesn't throw that many touchdowns. Now, can you argue that the insertion of Antonio Brown will help him throw more touchdowns? Absolutely. Yes, but to what extent? Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's going to jump up to throwing 40 touchdowns. Right. It's I wouldn't just, think. I mean, maybe, but I, it's doubtful. The the target share is just not... He got 168 targets mm-hmm. last year, Antonio Brown. The, the highest targeted player on Oakland, which we've talked about, is Jared Cook. And he got just over 100. Your tight end is over 100. That says something to you. Maybe you can make apologies for Derek Carr all you want, and, and that's fine. I'll take Derek Carr maybe in this year's draft because he has Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown helps him. He doesn't help Antonio Brown. Correct. Done. Right End there. Of story. Let's fucking move on. <laughs> yes. All right. Up Talk and positives. Coming. Yes, up and coming. Who do you got? Mine's really underwhelming, I understand, but... It's a combo deal here. It's Darren Waller and it's Hunter Renfro. Darren Waller projects as of now to be the top guy in, as their tight ends mm-hmm. in their depth chart. Hunter Renfro is actually listed as tight end wide receiver. Um, played both 
apparently can play both at least. I'm not sure how they're going to use both of these guys with with those guys in there with Antonio Brown with Tyrell Williams. Will they get a ton of targets? Eh, no. I mean, they're not going to see what Jared Cook saw last year. Either one of them, 101 targets, it's not happening. But I can easily see a world where they both end up 50-ish targets and a whole bunch of short receptions right. between the both of them. I, I don't want to give away the farm here about what we're going to be talking about, what I'm going to be talking about here moving forward, but there are questions in the backfield. The dump-off capacity there, I'm a little more nervous about it than you are. I think the tight ends are going to have to come in and, and scoop up a little bit of that. Um, I'm interested in them. I'm very interested in them. I know this is a cop-out answer, but A, they're both unproven, so they have to obviously improve upon what they've done, which is nothing. But I see value for one or possibly both of these guys in this offense. It'll just be interesting to see how it unfolds. All right. Well, I'm going to jump ahead here since we kind of mirror each other with our up and coming and okay. question marks. Okay. So um, Let's do it. just a piggyback, my, my question mark is the tight end group. Uh, as you said, you stated, you know, Jared Cook's gone. You He's know, not coming back. You know, you've got unproven people behind him. You know, Waller, I know he's looking good right now. Renfro, you know, uh, Foster uh, Moreau. The island of Foster Moreau. Yes. You know, he's been getting a little bit of hype. You know, I don't think he's going to do anything this year. He's more of a deep stash on your bench for two, three years. Let him develop. You know, they got A.B. and Tyrell. Does Derek Carr not target the tight ends quite so much? And you, you know, Jared Cook yes. was his, his binky last year. Mm-hmm. Does he not have to target them due to other quality targets and receivers on the team? Yes. So, but I think he targets them just enough to make them tight end position, as we talk about all the time. It's a wasteland after about the top six guys. Absolutely. I... I just see all of those are very, very valid points. I just see a world where he's not comfortable enough throwing down the field to the guys that need the ball down the field, mm-hmm. which is Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams. So I could still see him having to rely on some of the short passing uh, options, especially early in the season. All right. I disagree, but we'll just <laughs> leave it at that. Well, let's disagree some more. Yes. Because right. we both have, again, mirroring uh, options here for our upcoming and question marks. Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs. Yes. So you tell me why you are sold on Josh Jacobs for this year. Well, very high draft capital. First round pick. There's really no real competition behind him. I mean, Doug Martin, he hasn't done anything for however many seasons now. Three years. And he wasn't that much of a thing before that. Mm-hmm. Jalen Richard, uh, Washington, they're more of receiving backs. Not so much of the ground and pound between the tackles type running backs. And Josh Jacobs has pretty good pass catching ability, which makes him useful on passing downs. Obviously, he needs to, you know, ensure that he can pass block to be able to stay on the field for third downs and passing situations. But having that pass catching ability makes him all that more much valuable. So that's why he's my up-and-coming player. I buy into that to a certain extent. In fact, I bought into it so much that with the 102 pick in one of my drafts, one of my rookie drafts, 
I selected Josh Jacobs. I started to regret that pick a bit more as I looked at it further. So, yes, it's Doug Martin. Who cares about Doug Martin? Doug Martin got 172 carries last year because Marshawn Lynch went down. He produced at a 4.2 yards per carry mark. It's not bad considering how terrible that offense was last mm-hmm. year. I think we can all agree that was a bad, bad offense. Meanwhile, Jalen Richard, as the only pass-catching option not named Jared Cook, saw 81 targets. Now, do I don't think Jalen Richard sees near that amount of targets. But even when he was playing with Marshawn Lynch, he was a targeted guy in that game. They held on to him. He's cheap. I see no reason why they won't keep him still involved. So I think it cuts down on some of Josh Jacobs' receiving ability. And again, the tight ends that I mentioned before, I think will take some of that short passing game away from him as well. My biggest issue is this. It's 251 rushing attempts throughout his whole college career. 120 of those were in his last season. I Fresh legs. Yeah, you can say that, or you can just say inexperienced. And it's... How much can you expect to just toss on him as a fresh NFL player now? Are you going to get 200-plus carries from a guy who's never seen close to that in a season? Maybe. I don't know. It could it could happen. But with when they I brought yes. back Doug, Doug Martin, that was concerning for me. And that, I know that's laughable to just hear those words come out. But I would so much have rather Isaiah Crowell, I think, been there than Doug Martin because Doug Martin knows the system. So it's, would you, I, I, he does know the system, but he got that many carries because they had no one else to give the ball to. And I think that's true, but I think he proved that he could be somewhat successful still there. With but that. I don't, but I don't think he gets that opportunity this year with Jacobs. I think they're going to have their guy, assuming he stays healthy yes. and they're just going to feed him the ball. So that, but that's my point is, can he stay healthy absorbing that level of work? When he hasn't done it before? The answer is yes. Why do you know that? How do you know that? You don't. I don't. So it's it's obviously both of our ends. It's all presumption at this point. And the thing with those limited sample sizes is it makes you presume a lot of things, which is always, that's why it's nerve wracking. That's why he's a question mark for mm-hmm. me. Um, I don't begrudge anybody for taking him. I will probably avoid him at his currently current ADP in redraft. All right. Moving on to the last team. Of our breakdown series. Saved the best for last? One of the most exciting for fantasy. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. The Kansas City Chiefs. Hiawatha. So we will break down the depth chart here. We've got quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Chad Henney. Running backs, Damien Williams, Carlos Hyde, Darwin Thompson, and Daryl Williams. Wide receivers, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Miko Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, Marcus Kemp. And then tight ends, Travis Kelsey. And that's really all that matters there. <laughs> Let's be <laughs> yeah, honest. That's fair. So do you want to lead us off with uh, your regression candidate? Happy to. It's Travis Kelsey. Uh, look, this man needs no introduction. He really needs no explanation. We saw what he did last year, and it was wild. Yeah, it was great. So good. Um, What doesn't get talked about a ton is that he actually broke records last year. The problem is that those records stood for like a day. 
Not even. I think it was like an hour. <laughs> yeah, literally, he did it the, the early game, and then yeah. the afternoon game, it got broken. So, yeah. Look, he saw career highs in just about every, uh, every facet, career high targets, career high receptions, career high yardage, career high touchdowns. It was everything. And as a 30-year-old tight end, now I know tight ends are, you know, they sort of can play longer at that position than wide receivers. But I think we can both agree that Travis Kelsey is closer to a wide receiver than a traditional tight end. Absolutely. Kind of broke that mold. And now that Tyreek Hill is supposedly playing this year, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of what was going to keep him from regressing was that extra opportunity there. Mm -hmm. Supposed opportunity. Now that that's kind of been taken away, at least seemingly at the moment, I don't think that he'll be able to see close to that 150 targets. I Mm -hmm. think that was a little, again, anomalous. I have no issues with him breaking 100 targets. He's always involved in that offense. He'll always be involved in that offense until he fucking dies, probably, (laughs) on the field. But, yeah, I think he's going to take a hit in in a lot of those marks. This will be amazing for your team. I would have no problem even drafting him as the tight end one, certainly. Oh, absolutely. It's a little discomforting at his ADP because that's Gronk-level ADP now, and we've seen how that can go wrong. So I'm, I'd am i be a little nervous, um, but I think he'll still be just fine. All right. Well, I have for my regression candidate, Patrick Mahomes. I know this is like someone just lobbing a softball and me just crushing it out of the park. It seems so obvious. Somebody's going to walk by you and punch you in the dick for this take. Well, <laughs> let's not ju- me. Let's just be reasonable here. He had last year the single best fantasy QB season ever. It's Highly unlikely, highly unlikely he ever repeats or gets close to that. Could it happen? Absolutely. I'm not saying it couldn't, especially with the way the NFL is going and, and, you know, making it much more quarterback friendly, wide receiver friendly, you know, for the offenses. But defense still is not every time there has been a quarterback that has a season that busts out like this, there is always fairly significant regression the next year. You what know, kind t- of regression do you see, though? What do you... I mean, it's so obvious because 50 touchdowns. Yes. 50 fucking touchdowns. I mean, I can't I can't play 20-minute quarters in Madden <laughs> in a season of 50 touchdowns. Well, maybe you just suck at Madden. Well, I mean, that's probably fair and a, a topic for another uh, podcast, quite frankly. But um, it's it just can't. It just can't. But, but do you see, I mean, are we talking a 10-touchdown regression? Are we talking just a handful? I, I see him, This I, I statted him out at 37 touchdowns this year. That's significant. Yes. yes. That's huge, in yeah, fact. It's a, it's a pretty big drop-off. I mean, still at a very high 6.38 touchdown percentage. So, I mean, that's still well above average, but nothing like where he was at this last season. It's just... I mean, for him to sustain that kind of production, NFL teams now have a whole season of film to watch of his. You know, we saw him towards the end of last season slow down just a titch. What is a titch, by the way? Is that is that like uh, like when your grandma would say, I, I'm going to give you a whooping. Go pick me a titch. Is it kind of one of those things? No, that's a switch. That's a switch. Yeah. It's not the same? It's not. Okay. No. Good to know. Just, just 
for clarification here, so let's say that he does hit 37 touchdowns, mm-hmm. which is still a very good amount. Absolutely. Still pretty incredible, honestly. If you take away those other 13 touchdowns, all of a sudden you're looking at the wide receiver, or excuse me, not wide receiver, quarterback four. Still very great for your fantasy mm-hmm. team. I actually have him as my number two quarterback Fair for enough. the upcoming season, where it stands right now. What, I just want people to understand, when we say regression, it doesn't mean the world is ending. No, no, he's still going to have a great season. Absolutely. But if, you know, in your home league, you're drafting him, which could happen, I'm pretty much predicting right now, he, he will go probably number one overall in our redraft league this year. Do you want to put a bet on it? Sure. I'll do it. <gasps> okay. I'm going to take this... I'm going to say, I'm going to take this I'm already backing out of it in my head. You are. I can see it without your eyes. You're like, because you've lost this bet to me before. We made this bet, I want to say, two years ago. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I was still new to the league. Remember, it must have been three years ago when I first joined the league. We, we sat down. It was, this was right before the draft was happening. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, I'll bet you anything that Aaron Rodgers gets taken with the number one pick overall. And I said, oh, you are so on. Because I'm a reasonable fantasy football drafter, thinking that's impossible. Underestimating the amount of homers in our league. Mm. Underestimating how dedicated they are to quarterbacks in our league. And he went fucking 101. That's right. So, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, I'm still taking it back. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Pat Mahomes will not go number one. In our league. Now, I really hope I get the number one pick in our league. <laughs> Which the only thing happen. that might save me. It, it very well could happen. All right. So, that was fun. That was good we, we digressed there a little bit, but I liked it. But in a great way. All right. Lead, so us, lead us off here with our up-and-coming players. I will. Now, I made this pick even on the cusp of the Tyreek News of him still supposedly playing this year right away, no suspension. I like Demarcus Robinson's odds. I still believe there is a place in this offense for a quality wide receiver two and a half. I say two and a half because I don't believe in Sammy Watkins. We've talked about this before on the pod. I don't believe in his health. I don't believe it's physically possible for that man to play anything close to 16 games. I see a world where three receiver sets can happen, even with someone like Travis Kelsey out there. And I, I have to believe of all of the other guys, I know there's a lot of depth now at that position. Michael Hardman was drafted. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie. How often does he see the field? I, I, would, I would wager to say not much. With If Tyreek plays, I would, I would think that they'll use him as a specialty guy. I think Demarcus Robinson has proven the most out of the rest of the crop. And I could see a world where you're looking at a wide receiver four by season's end if a lot goes right. But I think it's totally possible. I know that's not exciting, but God damn it, it's the Chiefs. Who are you going to put for an up and cover on the Chiefs that isn't a known quantity? It's tough. Except you for my somebody. guy. Yeah. My guy is an unknown, unknown quantity. I love it. I love I, your guy. I have Darwin Thompson. So he was drafted sixth round this year. Not great draft capital, but still draft capital. You know, it's not like he's uh, 
you know, an undrafted free agent. He ain't no scrub. No, he's he not. He ain't no Jeff Janis. So I don't think he's going to be really fantasy viable this season unless, you know, Damian Williams gets hurt or has a case of the fumbles or something that would give him more opportunity to get on the field. But I think next year he could step into the starting role. Damon Williams dead cap hit after this season is only a half a million dollars. So they can basically that, that two year contract he signed basically is a one year contract. They front loaded it for this season. It's an illusion. And then, yeah, they can get out from that at the end of this season with hardly a cap hit. So I think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to use Damian Williams this year, ride him hard, and then they're going to cut ties with him. And I think Darwin Thompson could be a thing next year. That's fair. I, I will transition into what is both of our question marks, reasonably so, mm-hmm. which is the backfield, yeah. the running backs in general. So my thought is still it has to be Damian Williams to start because he's been – Listed as the guy. He's gotten the endorsements, well, Andy right? Andy Reid has said, yes, he is our starting running back. But how much stock do you put into that? For me, it's still not a ton. There's always the injury risk. For, well, again, I think he's going to get first crack at carries. He's sure. going to have the starting job, the first crack at it to start the season. We can look into his history with mm-hmm. other teams. Why didn't he see more action? Yes. Was it really just that he was dealing with inept coaching staffs? Was he not able to put his best foot forward? It's not like the competition in front of him was ever stellar. So why didn't he take that throne earlier? Also, there's the argument, anybody put in an Andy Reid system is going to produce. Damian Williams was not lights out as a running back. He was just a running back for the Chiefs. That's mm-hmm. how they operate. Kareem Hunt did it. Spencer Ware did it. Sharkhandrick West did it. Mm-hmm. There are always guys who are leapfrogging other guys. It happened in that season where Shark Kendrick West started as the running back. Spencer Ware eventually leapfrogged. He also has no loyalty, really, to a guy. Once once that guy is either A, screwed up enough, or B, gotten hurt, they're done. The, the next guy, if they step in and produce, they're being ridden. Just because the other guy gets healthy or whatever, they're not coming back. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. How many games do you project Damian Williams plays? I think he'll play all the games this year. I think he will get the workload this season, basically because they don't have anyone else they can super rely on. But is is it really a question mark for you then? Are are you that concerned? Yeah, I just, I don't, it's more likely that he will be the lead back for the season, but there's that question mark. Like, I don't know if that's actually going to be the case. Carlos Hyde, while not exciting, is a semi-capable running back. He did good things in Cleveland. Yeah, as I said, time. Darwin Thompson, He, I think he could be a thing. Not this year, right. but could he get enough play to do some things or take at least take away volume from Damian? Maybe. I don't know. It's just there's, there's just a lot of unknowns. And like you said, Damian Williams, he's going to be 27 this year. He hasn't been a lead running back. Yeah, where you been? Where you, you know, been, Damian? So I just, the only reason he got play last year is because Kareem Hunt got suspended. Otherwise, I, he, wouldn't, he would have never saw the field and he wouldn't be a thing. It would have been nada. It would exactly. have been irrelevant. We wouldn't so, have had to talk about this. Yes. Which would have been so lovely. Absolutely. Because this is such a pain in my ass. Um, and one quick note about the people who say that Andy Reid has never had a split backfield. He doesn't operate that way. It's not really true. 
if if there are guys that aren't producing quite up to his level, he does not make bones about making a possible 60, 30, 10, 50, 30, 20. He's done splits like mm-hmm. that in the past. It's just he's had guys like Jamal Charles, so he hasn't always had to. Right. Right. Kareem Hunt, I'm going to say it, better than Damian Williams as a running back. A little bit. So it's still on the table. It's gross. It is. Yeah. It's not fun. No. All right, we did it. We fucking did it. Well, we're almost there. Yeah, I know. We, we have to talk have about this. We still have our upcoming season Fine. predictions. Do it. So I've got the Chiefs 11 and 5, the Chargers 10 and 6, the Broncos 5 and 11, and the Raiders again at 4 and 12. Oh, they just can't catch a fucking break. I got Chiefs uh, once more 12 and 4. I got Chargers dropping down 9 and 7. A little concerned about the holdout, a little concerned about them overall. Uh, Broncos 8 and 8. I think they've got a they've got a actually pretty solid team here, and I like mm-hmm. I like how Flacco can operate with this group. I like it. Uh, Raiders, I'm giving them just a little bit of a bone, six and ten. Oh, you're uh, so nice. I think it's the Antonio bump. That's what it was. It could be two games. He gets them. Two games. All right. Nice. Well, we did it. We finally wrapped up the divisional breakdown. Oh. Ah. It feels good. I'm not going to lie. It feels, it feels so really good. good. I just want to pour beer all over my face now. I want to Def Leppard video this. I just want to be soaked in, in beer like I'm one of the girls who gets on the hood of a Cavalier and drives off into the sunset. Nice. That's quite the visual. It's all I've ever wanted, Dustin. That's all I've ever wanted. All right. So now for the next few weeks here until we get into the regular season, we're going to have a little bit more fun with our episodes. A little loose. Uh, next week. We're doing a My Guys type episode, or as we're calling them, our drinking buddies. So that's going to be fun. We did a different thing. I know. Look now, I'm us. really excited about yeah, this episode. I actually think fun. this is going to be my most favorite. Most favorites? My favoritist. My most favoritist. You're so um, excited that you, just, you don't even know words. It's, it's going to be my most favoritist episode of the year, you guys. Yeah, so I'm very excited about this. Finally get out of this... Uh, you know, kind of analysis portion. And look, just we had to do due diligence. Yeah, okay. Right. And I, look, we're always going to be analyzing situations. Mm-hmm. We're always going to be coming at you with some stats and with some, some uh, analysis and takes on that. But when you're going through every player and every roster, it can get a little yeah. bit of every team. It's, yeah. yeah. So need the, so yeah, need the wind to come fun. back underneath our wings. That's next we week do. will be fun. Yep. So Anything else you want to add? Uh, Nope, just want to give us a pat on the back through <laughs> this, this chunk of episodes. So, uh, you want to tell them where they can find us at? Absolutely. You can find the podcast at Drinking Fantasy on the Twitter machine. We have a webpage, drinkingandtalkingff.com. Drop us a question if you have it. We will love to answer it uh, on our next uh, episode. Or, if you want to answer it sooner, hit us up on Twitter. We'll answer it right then and there for you. You can find me at FFDustyDog. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge. All right. Well, until next time, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Cheers.